You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. friendship um, and international drug smuggling and pooing in really inappropriate places. Um, so <laughs> this happened 20 years ago. I was, uh, I was 19 and um, done my A-levels and me and my best friend Joe decided what we wanted to do was go and travel around India, um, which is a bit of a cliche in itself, but as a 19-year-old I probably was a bit of a cliche. Um, our motivation for this well, there's many motivations for traveling around India. It's an it's a, a enormous, beautiful, crazy country full of fascinating characters. It's got incredible heritage. It's got, um, you could go to discover yourself. You could go on a yogic journey. Or, like Joe and I went, you could go because the hash there is cheap and plentiful. Um, we succeeded completely in our mission and spent months traveling around completely boxed, basically. Um, not really appreciating the, the wider scenery, but having a great time. Uh, and as our months in India drew to a close, we formulated a plan to keep the party going, as it were. Um, and we realized what we ought to do was we were in a country where hash was plentiful and cheap, and we were going back to a country where hash wasn't so plentiful and wasn't so cheap. So the, the logical thing would be to bring a whole load back with us, um, which seemed like a brilliant idea. Um, so we went to great efforts to start procuring our stash. Um, we um, spent the last month there eating only lentil dal, which is the cheapest thing you could possibly eat uh, to save all the money we had left over. We sold every item we didn't actually need. We sold our boots and bought flip-flops instead. We, we sold our cameras. We sold everything we possibly could. And with the money we managed to accumulate, we bought a lump of hash about the size of a house brick, um, which was great, fantastic. We got this great big lump of hash. Uh, and then we're posed with a problem of how do we get it back? And we realized that obviously you're playing a pretty risky game smuggling drugs. I mean, even as a 19 year old, I was aware that this probably was potentially fairly high risk. So we had to mitigate that risk however we could. And we decided that the, the most sensible way to bring it back would be to swallow it. Um, and Obviously, swallowing something the size of a house brick is going to be really difficult. So what we did was we decided we were going to divide it into smaller lumps, and we were going to hermetically seal it as best we could, and we were then going to swallow these lumps just before we left India, and then we were going to get them out. Um, so it's, this method of smuggling drugs presents two problems. Uh, the first problem is getting it into you. The second problem is getting it out of you. Um, <laughs> So, so we, we did some experimentation. Uh, we, were staying, we, we were staying up in a, uh, we found this kind of mountain shack thing up in the, up in the mountains of, uh, near a town called Manali, which is uh, it's right up in the north. And we realized what we'd have to do is 
if we were bringing this amount of uh, cannabis back, we had to make sure it didn't somehow rupture into our stomachs and get us incredibly stoned or <laughs> potentially dead, probably, realistically, with like half a kilo of hash in your stomach. Um, so what we did was we, we worked out a system where we went and bought yards of cling film, uh, some candles, and <laughs> we, got, we got the wood burner going really hot in our, in our shack thing, and we divided the hash up into, into lumps, quite large lumps, about the size of your thumb, um, and we'd wrap each one in a layer of cling film, then we'd dip it in some hot wax, and we'd put another couple of layers of cling film on there and seal it on the top of this, uh, this wood burner and make, hopefully, a, 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 a gastric juice-proof seal for our, our hash. Um, and we, we did a, a trial run, swallowed a bit. It wasn't very nice swallowing it because it's, it's not a very smooth surface in it. So it's like a very rough throat lozenge, basically, having to <laughs> swallow whole. Um, but it worked. We got it down as, and it came out again, the other end, with using one, one piece of about three grams. That was fine. Uh, but what we had to do was we had to divide nearly a kilo and a half up into, <laughs> into lumps. Uh, and I think we ended up taking about probably about 200 of these things each. Uh, and we spent, we spent days, we were really organised. It's probably the most organised thing I'd ever done as a 19-year-old. Um, so so once, once our, our hash smuggling factory was well underway, we, we felt quite in control. We'd, uh, we'd, we'd sealed these things up and we stashed them each in a sock, which we put down our trousers and travelled the 10 hours from Manali into, into Delhi, where our flight was going from. Um, we got all our timings right, it was fine. We got to our hotel in Delhi, it was stiflingly hot, it was about 44 degrees, and we had about, I don't know, we had a night before our flight, so we decided what we'd do is we'd start slowly, rather than trying to do them all in one go, just, just take a bit of time, get these things down. And the first dozen or so went down, there's a novelty at that stage, it was quite exciting. And they, they went down okay, that was fine. And then it starts to drag a bit, and you're like, oh, oh, eat another one of these bloody things. We ended up playing endless games of chess, and every time you took a move, you had to swallow one of these things. And, get it down. and it went on and on and on. And finally, we got each got our 200 pellets of hash <laughs> swallowed. Um, and we left the hotel, and we made it to the airport. And inevitably, the flight was delayed by a couple of hours, and sort of <laughs> sitting there. But... Um, we kind of hadn't really thought the timings through particularly well. We hadn't, we'd only been eating lentil dal for a month as well, so it wasn't <laughs> like we were... I suppose we were probably quite regular, actually. It's a lot of lentils. But, um, yeah, we, we, we were on the flight, and it was going fine, and we would, we'd chat, and we were going, oh, how do you feel? And like, oh, tummy's gurgling a bit, but I'm all right, I'm okay. Um, and you can kind of hold a poo in, it's fine. You can, you can do it, so... So the flight just seemed interminable. It just went on and on and on. And we got into Heathrow and we walked straight through customs without a check. So we could have just carried it in hand luggage, frankly. But, <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't. We had it in our stomachs. And by this stage, things were really starting to kind of move down below. Um, and a couple of friends picked us up from the, from the airport, from Heathrow. And we told them what we'd done. And oh, it was very exciting, very exciting. And we went and left the airport. It's bad traffic. And we got onto the M25, and Joe, Joe was the first to crack. And he said, like, oh, God, oh, oh, are we nearly there yet? And, no, Joe, we've still got, like, two hours. I don't know if I can hold on. Um, he's then presented with a problem. Uh, you know, he really needs a poo. He knows that if he's going to go for a poo, he's going to be shitting out loads of, <laughs> loads of hash, um, which he doesn't want to lose. So 
We pull up in a motorway service at South Mims or somewhere like that. It's one of the horrible welcome break things. He's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And we're like, right, uh, uh, okay, we're going to the garage. Went into the garage. We bought uh, a packet of sandwiches in one of those plastic triangular sandwich (laughs) containers. Um, And Joe disappeared off to the toilets uh, and reappeared about 10 minutes later. And he'd he'd taken the strong decision to to shit into the plastic sandwich (laughs) container. He was then left with the option, if he wanted to, he could have gone to the sinks and probably rinsed it off a little bit, but watching a grown man rinse a turd in the service station sink is probably not the best look, so, so, so bravely he brought it back intact into the car. <laughs> they, they don't seal particularly well, those sandwich things, so, so it, was, yeah, it, was, it was a fragrant journey back. But we did manage to get stoned because there's some very fresh, very warmly produced hash there. And it, it, it didn't all come out in one go, you know. It's, he just had a, a few pellets to start off with. And I managed to maintain my dignity by waiting until we returned to Norwich and shitting in a colander, which, uh, <laughs> which, is, which I actually worked out as a really quite a good technique. We'd gone straight back to a friend's house, so I'd, I'd shat into a colander and rinsed it out in their, in their bath, because a colander won't fit into a bathroom sink, but sluiced it out and... Yeah, I managed to produce about 45 hash pellets in my first go, and great. We, we, we counted them in, and we counted them out, but it did take about three or four days. Um, I, I spent three or four days shitting in sinks, basically, which is, was horrible. Uh, but, but I survived, and I managed to produce all of my hash, and I had a fantastic summer after that, actually, because... <laughs> <laughs> because I had loads of great hash. Everyone wanted to be my friend. I managed to sell some of it. It was, it was, it was a very good time, and it was kind of worth doing. But every time I opened my little tin, there was a faint but utterly unmistakable whiff of the inside of my guts. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Walker! Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk.